0: from kindred church your inclusive church family this podcast is a collection of sermons from our weekly worship services in durham north carolina whatever your background is wherever you are on your faith journey we hope this message helps you take your next steps in response to god's unconditional love Well, hello, hello, welcome to Kindred Church. It's great to be with you. If we've not met before, my name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here. And if this is your very first time to tune in with us, we are especially glad that you are checking us out. Uh, We're we're so glad that you're here. Uh, Our scripture for today comes from the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. Uh, We're looking at a passage that starts at the beginning of chapter three. And it says this My son, don't forget my instruction. Let your heart guard my commands because they will help you live a long time and provide you with well-being. Don't let loyalty and faithfulness leave you, but bind them on your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and approval in the eyes of God and humanity. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't rely on your own intelligence. Know Him in all your paths and He will keep your ways straight. Don't consider yourself wise, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then your body will be healthy and your bones will be strengthened. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, there's a line in this passage that really jumps out to me. Maybe it stood out to you too. Proverbs 3:5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. When I read that getting ready for this sermon, I thought, like, that's a good line. I mean, that's that's an Instagrammable verse right there. You could get a picture of a person on top of a mountain, like, looking out over a sunrise and then just overlay that text in a really cool font, you know, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I would like that post if I saw it, I think. This is the kind of verse that you could throw it on a coffee mug for a little morning inspiration. This is the kind of thing like your grandmother might crochet on a pillow. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's a good line, and it sounds simple, and it sounds straightforward, but here's the thing. I know that for many of us, trusting the Lord with all of our heart is anything but simple, straightforward. It can often be really, really hard. Uh, If you're the kind of person who would tune in to church like this, I'm guessing you're the kind of person who wants to trust God more. I think most of us want to trust God more. Part of the reason for that is I'm guessing many of us have someone in our life that we see who really trusts God on a deep level, and and we see the impact that that makes in their life. I had some uh, pastor friends uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic, like during that initial lockdown, and like most of us pastors during that time, we were freaking out because like churches couldn't meet and we were wondering like are we going to lose our jobs what in the world is the future for us but i had a handful of pastor friends who were just the opposite they were like calm as could be and they're like yes this is hard but god is with us and god is going to bring beautiful things out of all of this and i remember looking at those folks being like that is some next level trust that i do not have in this moment maybe you've known people like that they've been through a tragedy they've been through a crisis but they maintain their trust in god and that gave them strength and it carried them through i have a relative who a number of years ago went through this horrible tragedy where she lost her son just unspeakably awful and yet she's a woman of of deep deep faith and that experience certainly challenged her faith and it changed her faith in some ways but she was able to maintain her trust in God. And now today, her trust in God is stronger than ever. I look at that and, and I admire that. It's, it's powerful and it's it's moving. And I think most of us, we, we want more of that. We want to trust God more, but we go through things in our life that, that sometimes challenge us and they cause us to question how trustworthy is God? How many of us have been through a time where we prayed and we prayed, but it just didn't seem like God answered our prayer, at least not in a way that we could perceive. Or maybe we've been through something very painful and it just felt like God wasn't there. Or we look around at this world with all the evil and all the, the suffering and, and we, we wonder, God, how much can, can I really trust you? I think most of us, we, we want to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, but it's not always easy and we're not always sure how. And so today, that, that's really what I want us to focus on. How can we trust God more, especially when for most of us, that is not at all easy? One of the reasons that I want to talk about this today is because we're in this sermon series right now that is all about Christian Friendship. Uh, If you were with us last week, we talked about how as Christians, we're called not just to obey God, not just to worship God and love God. All that is true, but we're also called to be friends with God. We're called to develop a friendship with God. And the thing about friendship is that it doesn't work without a deep sense of trust. Right. And we, we know this from our, our human friendships. If you think about your best friend right now, I don't know who your best friend is. It could be somebody that you've known since childhood or since college. It could be your partner or your spouse. It could be someone in your family, your your mom, your brother, your sister, or something like that. I don't know who your best friend is, but I would bet that that is a person that you deeply, deeply trust. In fact, I bet that your best friend is one of the people that you trust most in this entire world. That's part of the reason that you're such good friends. Well, the same dynamic is true in our friendship with God. If we're gonna be friends with God, we've gotta to learn to develop a deep sense of trust. And so again, the question is, how do we do that? How do we trust God more? As it turns out, uh, Jesus helps us out with this because Jesus knows this is something we struggle with. He knows this doesn't come naturally to many of us. And so Jesus shows us how we can grow in our trust of God. I think we see this most clearly in the way that Jesus grows the disciples trust. I don't know if you've ever thought about the the journey of Jesus's disciples as a a journey of growth in trust, but that's exactly what it is. You know, if you were with us last week, uh, we talked about the story of when Jesus uh, called the the very first disciples for the very first time, And, and here's how it went down. We're told one day Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee And as he's walking along, he sees these two fishermen. It's Peter and it's Andrew, and they're working, casting their nets. And Jesus decides, these are going to be my first disciples. And now is the moment when I'm going to call them, right? And do you remember what Jesus says as he calls the disciples? It's interesting to think about what Jesus doesn't say, because Jesus doesn't demand that they trust him up front, He doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't say a lot of the things that Christians today say, which are like, you've got to accept Jesus right now in this moment as your personal Lord and Savior. That's not what Jesus says to the disciples. Uh, Jesus doesn't confront them and say like, hey, y'all, if if y'all die tonight, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? You need to make a decision right now. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus doesn't even quote Proverbs 3 verse 5 to them. You know, trust in the Lord. Trust in me with all your heart. That's not what Jesus says. What Jesus actually says to those disciples is is very simple. He just says, come and follow me. Come and follow me. Now, why does Jesus say that? Why doesn't Jesus demand their trust up front? It's because Jesus knows that trust takes time. Let me say that again. Jesus knows that trust takes time. This is another thing that I think we know from our human relationships, right? Like if you think back again to your very best friend, unless that's someone you've known literally your whole life, like someone in your family, my guess is that when you first met that person, it was not trust at first sight. You didn't immediately have the level of trust in that person that you now have today. It took time. You know, I think about my best friend from middle school and and high school. I was very fortunate to have a, a really good best friend. And we got to a point in our friendship where we could talk about literally anything. Nothing was off limits. I could ask him questions that I would never ask anyone else. I could tell him things about myself and my thoughts and feelings that I would never tell anyone else. And and I came to trust that he wasn't going to go tell the whole school. He wasn't going to rat me out or sell me out for a joke. But it didn't start that way, right? Like the first time I met this guy, I didn't come with a list of like, here's all the girls I like. And here's all the questions I have about my changing body. And here's all the, you know, it wasn't like that, right? That trust had to grow over time because trust takes time. Or I think about my relationship with Kirsten, who's now my wife. You know, when when we first met, uh, I knew that I liked her, but it's not like I was like spilling all my deepest, darkest feelings on our very first date. I also didn't drop to one knee and propose on our very first date. We had to take a journey together. We had to spend time together to let our sense of trust grow. And over time, we, we got to this place where we could get married and we could stand at the altar. And we could say, hey, we don't know what life is going to throw our way, but we've got this sense of trust. We trust each other that we're going to be able to get through life together, right? Trust takes time. Jesus knows that as well. And so he doesn't demand the disciples' trust up front in a moment. He says, come and follow me. That is, come and spend time, lots and lots of time with me. Come get to know me. Learn my heart. Learn my values, watch how I treat you, watch how I treat other people, watch how I act in public, then compare that to how I act in private. Because Jesus knows over all of that time and with all of that experience, very naturally, the disciples' trust in him is going to grow. And eventually, they're going to get to a place where they can trust in the Lord with all their heart. And what's fascinating is if you think about the journey of the disciples, that's exactly what happens. Jesus was exactly right. You know at the very beginning, the disciples, they didn't trust Jesus. All that much, right? Scripture is pretty clear about that. There was a moment where Jesus and the disciples were out on the boat on the Sea of Galilee. You remember this story? And and this this storm comes up out of nowhere very suddenly. And it's a huge one, right? you got waves crashing over the side of the boat and lightning and thunder and wind. And and at a a certain point, the boat itself begins to sink. And the disciples, they start freaking out. Why? Because they don't yet trust that Jesus is going to be able to get them out of this. But then what happens? Jesus calms the storm. He saves them. And as a result, their their trust in Jesus begins to to grow. Or or similar story, you know, there was one day when Jesus was out and he drew this huge crowd of over 5,000 people. And it got to be late in the day. It was dinner time. And this crowd was hungry and they're getting restless and the disciples didn't have enough food. And they start freaking out. Because they don't trust that Jesus is going to be able to take care of this situation. But then what happens? You remember the story? Jesus multiplies the loaves and the fishes. He takes care of the situation. And and as a result, the the disciples trust. It just begins to, to grow and grow. And it's not always linear, right? Like sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back. You remember the story of Peter walking on water? One day the disciples are in the boat and Jesus is not with them at that time, but then they see Jesus coming towards them and he's walking on the water. And Peter, I guess, is feeling really bold that day. So he's like, I want to walk on water. And Jesus says, Come on, Peter. And so Peter gets out of the boat. And at first it works. Peter's got all this trust and he's walking on water and it's, it's all going fine. But then Peter realizes what's happening. He's like, wait, I can't walk on water. he, he loses his trust and he begins to sink. And some of you have had that experience. Maybe you're there right now, you used to trust in God, and now you're you're sinking. Well, what happens to Peter? But Jesus scoops him up and puts him back in the boat. And then Peter's trust in Jesus grows even more than it had been before. Or maybe the greatest example of this, I think, is Good Friday, right? On Good Friday, uh, all of the disciples lost all of their trust in Jesus. Their trust had been growing, growing, growing for three years, and then Jesus dies, and they figure, understandably, well, he can't be the Son of God. He can't be the Messiah if he just died. And so they lose all their trust. But then comes Easter, right? Jesus is raised. Jesus is back. And now not only is their trust in Jesus restored, but now it grows even more because they're like, oh, Jesus was trustworthy that whole time. Even when I questioned, even when I doubted. And at that point, they they did trust in the Lord with all of their heart. And we know that because they spent the rest of their life spreading the message of Jesus. And many of those disciples, they would get tortured and beaten, and many of them would get killed, and yet they trusted Jesus even in the face of death. That was the deep level of their trust. That didn't happen on day one, and Jesus didn't demand that level of trust on day one didn't happen overnight. It happened over time. Why? Because trust takes time. Jesus knows this. Trust takes time. Now, what does all this mean for you and for me? Well, how do we grow in our trust of God? We, just like those very first disciples, we have to spend lots and lots of time with God. Now, we can't just follow Jesus around physically the way that those first century disciples did today. But for us, what this means is spending time in worship, spending time in prayer, spending time studying scripture, spending time serving people that Jesus loves in the church and, and certainly out in the community as well. And as we do that, just like those very first disciples, we get to know Jesus better and better. We see how he handles different situations. We learn his heart. We learn his values. Then our trust in God begins to grow. That there's no hack for that. That there's no shortcut because trust takes time. Trust takes time. And so here's a question for you to think about. And this is really challenging. I was convicted a lot. As I wrote the this sermon this, this week, there were multiple times this week where I felt like I got punched in the gut. And so over these next few minutes, as I lift up this question for you to think about, if it feels like you're getting punched in the gut, I'm right there with you. And I'm preaching to myself as much as to, to any of you. And what I'm about to say, I don't say to to induce any sense of guilt or shame, but I simply say this because I'm your pastor and I care about you. And part of my job is to say things that are challenging and things that you're probably not going to hear anywhere else in your life, anywhere else out in the world. And so with that in mind, here's a question for all of us to think about. Um, How much time are you spending with God? Right now in your life on a regular basis, right? If trust takes time and you want to trust God more, how much time are you actually spending with God? You know, sometimes people will ask me, they'll say, Daniel, you know, as a pastor in 2023, with all the changes in the world, with all the changes in the church going on, what's your biggest worry? What's your biggest concern for Christians today? Actually, no one has ever asked me that question, but they should, because it's a good question. And what I would tell them is the honest truth that what worries me probably more than anything is that over the last several years, certainly since the, the pandemic, we Christians as a group, we are spending less time with Jesus than ever. We're spending less time with Jesus than ever. Um and I can't tell you how many times I've heard recently people say to me, oh, I'm just, I'm too busy to make it to church anymore, or as church is often, right? People say, I'm too busy to, to pray. I don't have time to read scripture. I, don't, I certainly don't have time to show up to church and, and serve anymore. And if you think that's not you, I, I would just ask you to, to think about, over the last several years, have you been spending more time with Jesus or less time? Have you been spending more time with Jesus? More time in prayer, in worship, in, in service to others, in, in studying scripture? Uh, and maybe some of you would say, yes, I have. And if that's you, that's awesome. And, and I bet you could get up in front of our church and, and say, my trust in God has grown as a result. Uh, but I think for most of us, the, the honest truth is, especially over the last several years, we've just been spending less and less and less time with Jesus. And it, it's, it's not because we're bad people. And it's not because we don't care about God. It, we, we just feel like we, we don't have the time, right? It just feels like we, we don't have the time, which I think we need to pause there and take a step back and think about like, why, why do we feel like we, we're too busy for God? I mean, we're too busy for the one who created us, who sustains us every day, who redeems us. We're too busy for the one who has called us out of darkness and into light and given our life a purpose and a mission, the one who's calling us into life as it was meant to be lived. We're too busy to engage with that, right? That's already probably a a problem to think about, but I want to push back on this idea that we don't have enough time. And if I haven't offended you yet, this will probably uh, offend you. I'm glad this is online so you can't throw things at me. Uh, Don't break your TV uh, or your headphones. But uh, here's something to think about. I, um, I, I read an article not too long ago that was talking about how the average American today spends between two and three hours on social media not every week but every day the the, the average american i'll say that again the average american spends between two and three hours on social media every single day this is not just those wild gen z youngsters that this is everybody an average of of everybody right and i didn't believe that when i first read it so i started googling around to see and i confirmed other studies have confirmed this is this is true between two and three hours a day on social media And um, then I got curious about myself and I thought, well, you know, I've been trying to reduce my screen time lately and I don't think I'm a super heavy social media user. So I, I went on my phone and you can do this too. I would encourage you, certainly if you have an iPhone, I think Androids do this too. There's a way on your phone for you to look at your screen time and that'll tell you the hard truth. So I looked it up. Turns out, even though I thought I was barely spending any time on social media, I spend a lot of times 30 minutes to an hour every day on social media. And if you think about how that adds up that that's like up to seven hours a week. That's almost a full workday. And as I looked at that number, I could kind of imagine Jesus sort of giving me the side eye like, yeah, buddy, you you keep saying how busy you are. You keep saying you you don't have time, but you certainly have time for a lot of mindless scrolling. Now, uh, for some of you, you're thinking, well, that's that's not me. Check your screen time and just see. And some of you aren't on social media, right? And so maybe for you it's it's Netflix or it's this or it's it's that. The, the, the point is that we we feel really busy today, but I think a lot of times what we've done is we've packed our life with things like social media that don't really matter. They certainly don't matter as much as our time with God. But the truth is that there's no way for us to have a meaningful friendship with God. There's no way certainly for us to grow in our trust in God unless we're investing the time. Because again, 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 trust takes time. Trust takes time. Trust takes time. And so if any of this resonates with you, some of you want to jump through the screen and, and uh, grab my neck or something, but, but if any of this resonates with you, let's make this practical. Uh, what is one change, just one, let's keep it simple. What, what is one change that you could make in your life right now that would help you to spend more time with God? Uh, You may have your own ideas, just a couple of suggestions that I've come up with. One is think about how you begin your day, the very outset of your day. I think most of us, we have our alarm on our phone. So the alarm goes off, we, we wake up, we reach over to our phone to turn off the alarm. And then what do we do? We begin mindlessly scrolling, at least for a few minutes before we get out of bed. We pull up social media or whatever it is. So what if we change that just a little bit? What if we grab our phone and what if we open the Bible app? There's a Bible app by YouVersion. Look it up, YouVersion. Bible app, it's phenomenal. All different translations. You've got uh, reading plans, all kinds of helpful resources. What if we open the Bible app? And we just spend a couple minutes reading a passage of scripture to start our day. Or saying a, a prayer to start our day. Framing our day with some time with God. Do you think that would make our trust in God go down? No. I can guarantee you, your trust in God is only going down to grow with that additional time. It's a great thing to do. Uh, Another thing to do is to pay attention to your worship habits. And I know I talked about this last week and I talk about this all the time, but it is just so true. If we can spend whatever, seven hours for many of us or or more on social media, the truth is we can find a couple hours a week to be in worship and and in-person worship. For those of you who are local, that is valuable time with Jesus that helps our trust to grow. And, and so for some of you, I would I would challenge you to, to think about what, how, what would it look like if you were just to make the commitment to God and yourself to say, if I'm not sick and if I'm not out of town, I'm going to be in worship. That will boost for, for many of you, it will boost dramatically the time you're spending with Jesus. There are other ways to do this. You can make sure that you're serving, you know, serve people that Jesus loves in the church, out in the community. That's a great way to do it. And I would just say to you, as you're thinking about it, as you're, as you're praying about what is this one change that you could make, if you need help, ask for it. Like it's literally my job to help you with this. So if you're thinking like, I want to read scripture, but I don't know where to start. I want to pray, but I don't know how, or I need some guidance. I want to serve, but I don't know how. Let me know. Get my email off the church website. Shoot me an email. I'd be more than happy to give you some, some more detailed guidance uh, about that. You know, it's, it's going to be a sacrifice. I don't want to sugarcoat this. It's going to require some cuts. We're going to have to cut back. If we want to make more time for God, we're going to have to cut back on the time that we're spending on stuff that's less meaningful than God. And it's not going to always feel easy. But the thing is, it is so worth it because as our friendship with God grows, as our trust in God is enriched as it's deepened. We're going to find a joy like no other. We're going to find a peace like no other. When we trust the Lord with all our heart, then we can find hope and we can find comfort and we can find strength in literally anything that this crazy world can throw our way. So remember, remember, trust takes time. Trust takes time. Trust takes time. Let's all make sure that we're investing the amount of time that we need to invest in God. Let me pray for us. Well, gracious and loving God, we thank you for your friendship with us, that you would create us with this capacity, not just to be friends with other people, which is amazing, but also even more amazing that we get to be friends with you, God. Uh, Forgive us for the ways that we have neglected that friendship. Forgive us for the ways that we've prioritized other things uh, over that foundational part of our life, God. Uh, We we confess to you that it's hard for us we get distracted, we get pulled in in other directions, and and we put other things in a higher priority, Lord. So forgive us for that, give us the wisdom to to change. Um, God, at the same time, for some of us, part of the reason that we struggle to to have more trust in you is because of the experiences that have been painful to us, that have caused us to question your trustworthiness, Lord. And so today, uh, I pray especially for anybody who's in a season when it feels like their trust is is waning, Lord, kinda like Peter walking on water And then beginning to sink some of us are in that place where we feel like we're sinking lord help all of us to remember that you're always going to be there to scoop us back up and to put us back in that boat it may not happen on the timeline that we want or in the way that we want but you're there and you are working god help us to be confident in that and to trust in you we know that our trust grows and grows over time as we experience the ways that you care for us, that you lead us, that you guide us, and that you see us through, even the most difficult things that we ever face. God, so we thank you for your friendship. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for this message. And we pray all of this in the name of our friend, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, thanks again for tuning in with us today. A couple of quick things here for us before we go. First of all, if you are new to Kindred, I would love to connect with you. Would you click the connect link that you see in the description, fill out the short form, uh, then I'll be able to reach out to you later this week. I look forward to, to saying, hey. Also, if you're local, we would love to see you in in-person worship. You can go to our website, kindrednc.church and get all the, the details about where to find us for in-person worship. Look forward to seeing you there. Uh, and finally check out the announcements for this week we've got those linked for you in the description as well i know it's summer uh, people are traveling and and people are kind of going different directions uh, and yet the life of the church and the ministry of the church goes on and we've still got tons of ways for you to engage with us and keep growing in your faith with us here uh, at kindred and so those announcements will help you to to do that and so with that friends remember that we love you and we hope you have a great week and may the peace of christ be with you Thanks for tuning in. If this message was meaningful to you, consider sharing it with a friend who might also find it meaningful. To support this ministry, to get involved with Kindred Church, or to learn more about us, check out our website, kindrednc.church. We hope you have a great week.